0: targets not a lot of movement things that you could really do better than others like not a huge section of shooting on the move not a lot of positions where you really come so in like stand
1: or... and shoot type like yeah stand it and was, shoot type yeah thing.
0: it was kind of stand and shoot but um after stage two is was, it wasn't necessarily all stand and shoot but like it was like pretty positional like nothing crazy and so i was like all right you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna be you know very very uh you know controlled my shooting call good alphas i shot good points but I'm be pretty aggressive with my movement as much as possible. But I wasn't going to go, as, or not as much as possible, but just increasing it ever so slightly. And so I shot pretty darn good, and I didn't feel out of control at all. Just pushed ever so slightly. I would say ever so slightly enough where I could do it 100 out of 100 times but just kind of on it, a little pep in my step with my movement stuff, um, you know, transitioning, driving the gun hard, but shooting stuff was pretty much the exact same. And then able to just claw back, back to zero. I mean, I guess I was down by one point, but, uh, you could say I'm (laughs) down, but I wouldn't say I'm down with one point and there's two more days to go, but I basically clawed back to net zero by just ever so slightly increasing it. I wouldn't even go as far as saying it was pushing. Um, but, uh, just kind of doing that. So, yeah,
2: it's the first day of what a three-day match so yeah. you know other people are going to make mistakes
0: and other people so are being consistent really well.
2: yes yeah. so being consistent is so much more important than if you try and really push and reach that 100% line mistakes are going to happen again and yes. you're just going to dig
0: yourself a hole exactly like if you're on the first stage oh I'm down by 20 points for me it's the second second stage if, if that if I at that point said you know what I'm going to push to the max that I'm comfortable doing like that. I can, you know, I'm really going to push. I'm down by five. There was no spot where that would be conducive to good results consistently. So I didn't push that hard. I only pushed a little bit. And nor would I push that hard at that stage in the match. Right.
1: So, you know, where your hundred percent line is. And you're just like, okay, well, I know where it is. And I don't want to go too far to it, but I'm going to go a little bit, a little bit further than what I'm comfortable with.
0: Yeah. I wish I could draw a diagram, but like, if, if this is like super (laughs) easy, and like, this is my max 100%, like I could push up to here and feel pretty comfortable. Once I get past there, okay, increasing risk, increasing risk. And then this zone here is kind of like, all right, this the probability of success here is lowered. I still think, though, that the probability for my success in that is high enough where I need to be deploying it more. But I haven't really been in a situation where I've needed it which hasn't made me you know, necessarily develop it as much as maybe I should have. But in the few times where I've pushed, I've been very successful every single time. So maybe maybe I just haven't hit the bad probability yet. I think mean, there's more factors that kind of play into it, and how you're feeling, how locked in you are, how your fundamentals are. But I've been pleasantly surprised. And that's something, one of, one of the things I'm going to develop this offseason is I think there's a lot more room in the tank just visual interpretation of things, using the moves that I have, there's a lot more left in the tank without increasing risk. So I want to be getting closer to that, but I also know that I can increase the risk and do much better. So,
2: well, another uh, thing, another interesting thing is, is as you train, you're talking about, this is my zone and I don't want to get too far over here, but as you keep training and getting more experience, this whole thing is going to Move.
0: Yes, yes, that's a good point right there. Yeah, that's a great point. Basically, like right now, uh like, so I'm shooting, shooting with a guy uh, who's in Indonesia. And right now, when I have, let's say I could shoot a stage in 10 seconds and he's shooting in 15 seconds. And let's say 10 seconds maxed out for me and 15 seconds is maxed out for him. And I say, go faster. And he says, I, I can't go any faster. This is maxed out. I feel like I'm, you know, falling over. I feel like I'm shooting misses at this point. That's because how fast his eyes can interpret the information and how, where his level are with all of his fundamentals, he's maxed out at that. But as he unlocks a new level of fundamentals, unlocks, uh, you know, uh, visual interpretation of things, His, like like you said, that's going to move over and his, his kind of scale is going to move, uh, you know, higher and higher. And so they got to unlock that a little bit.
2: So you personally have a really really fast processing speed you have very fast visual processing and mental processing so when you push till the wheels fall off when you push and practice till you're making mistakes Mm -hmm. that's actually using more of that processing speed you have available to you and training yourself to do it so you can move your performance level up
0: I like that. Yeah. That's, that's spot on. It's exactly what you're doing. Uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, most of my mistakes have come when I try to dial it down rather than dialing it up. So we're definitely focusing a little bit more on dialing it up in practice and then being able to deploy the match, but just mainly a practice development now. So I I like that. That's right on.
1: Okay. So you said something interesting dialing it down. You make more mistakes. What do you mean by that?
0: So like, it's, it's actually ridiculous. And I, it's, it's been so frustrating because like, I'll be up by 60 points with four stages left. And I'm like, yeah, and this is before, uh, here's the thing. I keep unlocking new skills, learning more, developing more. So like I'm gonna look at myself in six months from now, I'm gonna say the, the Christian I was talking to you guys today is an idiot comparatively <laughs> to. <the person> that... <laughs> no, That's right. so true.
2: That, it always yeah. happens.
0: It always happens. Like obviously right now I have a you know, high level knowledge of stuff, but in six months from now, I'm gonna know even more. And then I'm, you know, uh, I haven't really recanted anything I've said that I thought was like necessarily that crazy or anything like that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, as far as dialing it back, I make more mistakes. Like I was up by 60 points, 2020 nationals. And I just got super conscious, just trying to make sure I, you know, shooting three, if I needed it, making sure I had, you know, higher levels confirmation uh, not, not necessarily even that, just like being real controlled. And I just was moving slow through the stage, throwing extras. And I'd have like three alphas touching each other, which is just silly. And, uh, So whenever I try to dial it back, I get more conscious and you're thinking, and that's not the best optimal you is being very conscious. And so I've actually done better pushing than I have being more controlled. So um, just interesting how that works. So one of the things I did is instead of trying to win the match and say, going into day three, I'm up by 60 points or 40 points. I'm saying, nope, today I'm up by zero points. Obviously, in the back of my mind, I'm not going to say, hey, let's take one pass on this swinger. I'm going to take two, right? But in the day, you're trying to win it and you stay more in it. And that helped a lot this year, but- uh, I like that. So yeah, the
2: instant instant you have that conscious thought, it's impossible for you to get into the zone. Mm -hmm. It's like, we talked about this before on previous podcasts, when you're shooting a stage and you hit that tiny far steel and go, Holy crap, I just hit it. Mm -hmm. Then you just had a conscious thought, and now everything else falls apart. You miss your reload, you're throwing mics. Totally. It's a mess.
0: It is a mess. You cannot
2: have conscious thought.
0: Yeah, you cannot have conscious thoughts. I think the subconsciousness is also a range. Like, uh, I guess people today like to use the word spectrum, I guess, Uh, but like it's a range of like, how subconscious you are like on most stages i probably seem like a medium level of subconsciousness but like the stages you really connect and that's probably more of a high level of uh, uh, high uh, subconsciousness on a stage but i've started really to think about hey what did i do on the stages where i was just so locked in and trying to take those things and apply them to all the different stages so the same and that happens when you have the same process you can consistently do you know subconscious thinking on stages
2: yeah and i'm not saying you're not having conscious thoughts it's just oh, that those conscious can, yeah. thoughts are Pre programmed to just happen naturally. Mm -hmm. But the instant you sort of become internal and start thinking, oh, I just hit that, or getting excited (laughs) or celebrating a victory or having some conscious thought that wasn't planned, that's when you start to have issues.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah, yeah.
2: So let's talk about your movement a little bit. Yep. I noticed that you were having some vertical movement. Mm -hmm. you know, in the beginning, and you fixed it. And now it's you're directing all of your energy horizontally. So how did you overcome that? How did you break that habit?
0: So everything that I did was movement or a lot of the movement developments came between 2019 Nationals and uh, Area 2 that year. And I just like like just looked at everything possible that was out there. There's a bunch of videos, watch people's movement. I really started being analytical and putting things on the clock and seeing what worked and seeing what didn't. But yeah, I mean, a lot of people will will uh, will – I guess it starts with a shooting stance. I mean, I believe most people have their feet either in line or which is really bad because you get pushed back with recoil. And mm-hmm. so most people then take the right foot and have the front toe of the right foot in line with the midline of their left foot. And that's pretty good, but you can still get kind of rocked back a little bit. So I take my right foot and put it in the back uh, of the heel of my left foot. So I have more offset, so you'll be more stabilized. And then most people are kind of straight up and down. And then I'm, uh, rotating at my hips forward to set a more aggressive angle because over time when you shoot, I guess uh, the audio listeners can't really see this, but if I'm straight up and straight down, I shoot, I'm gonna go bang, 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 bang. eventually I'm gonna be like, kind of like in, not inverted, but pushing you back. back. Pushing you back, yeah. So what I have to do is if I start, if I start straight up and down, I end back. If I start over top, I, At worst, would end straight up, but I try to maintain this angle forward, this aggressive angle forward, and then I'll tie this together. I promise. Basically, with <laughs> the angle, with the angle, with my feet, and then getting low to the ground uh, allows me the best stance possible to mitigate recoil. Uh, you know, the, be- the best that you can, right, and deaden the recoil the best that you can. And so, with that stance, that is my USPSA stance. Most people have just a shooting stance and their feet are basically right together and they're straight up and down and they rock back with recoil the problem is is if you're not in the same position every single time the gun is going to behave differently every single time mm-hmm. you know what's going to happen it leads to a lot of shooting problem that's a physical fundamental error and so that's like the first thing i do like with everyone everyone teaches is, is making sure the physical fundamentals are are repeatable and consistent every single time so you need that but how that plays in the movement is i want to be in that stance every single time and so when you go into position and use the the energy uh you deaden your energy by going down and up like you're 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 running low and then you go up you do help slow yourself down and that is you know one uh, a possible endurance technique i don't use it but as far as staying low and then going up you can kind of use that energy to 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 like deaden the energy then the problem is you're not in a good shooting stance and so for me you're not in a good shooting stance. And then to get out of position, you need to drop down and mm-hmm. then push out. And then you get up again, costs you time and moves yeah. your gun. Then you gonna get down and push out again. So you're going up and down, up and down, up and down. I call and it the pogo. <laughs> yeah, the pogo. Yeah, I like that. So that's a good word for it. So you're losing time. It's inefficient. Uh, and also you're not in the best shooting stance. And so for one of those two reasons, it's out you can't use it. Um, there is the advantage of it does kind of sort of help you Kill some of the energy entering a position, but I think there's a lot better methods to doing that. Uh, obviously, I, I feel like you would agree with that based on what I, I see. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a much better entrance techniques than just going up, and so I, it's just conscious thoughts. And so I just would put a video. Uh, there's a baseball app. I don't have it on my phone because I, I got a different phone. But there's a baseball app where it's a loop where it will you, you turn your camera on <clears> and <then you> shoot <throat> it, and then you go back. By the time you're back, it like replays. It's like, like it's in time and doesn't zoom around. Oh, Big boomerang, yeah. Now I just film myself so I have it, but you film yourself, you go back and say, Hey, look, I popped up, let's not do that. And then you focus on what do I need to do to fix it. And so everything that I've ever fixed has been conscious effort on that task. So what I do with that is I just said, Hey let's let's just enter positions we're entering positions 100 times a hundred times today we're going to film it and we're going to do it until we get it right and when we get it right we're gonna do it some more and we're gonna dry fire it so um it's always just con conscious effort at something i guess with movement there's a lot more things going on in your arms and legs but like when i whenever i teach uh like short shuffle or medium shuffle technically uh for the distance you're using for medium shuffle there's so many different things going on your right arm moving this you're moving out of position your right mm-hmm. elbow this 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 and so everyone always is like oh there's too much thing too many things yeah. going on and say hey in this next run i want you to focus on one thing i want yeah. to focus on driving with your elbow okay they do the driving elbow i said all right and i never say this obviously but everything looked awful but the elbow was better okay yes when he does it every single time you know he just said all right next run i want you to focus on setting this angle and pushing out And guess what? The elbow is not going to move how it's supposed to, but then they fix their lower body. And so you individually pick out those little tiny things. You can, you can fine tune it quite a bit.
2: Yeah. And you have to keep rotating through and you know that, well, even then, as you're trying to do these new things, things that you're normally good at start falling apart. And then you start messing those up and you're like, but I know how to do that thing. I'm trying to learn something new. And then everything else just falls apart.
0: Exactly. So you got to focus on one thing at a time. Like yesterday I went skiing for the first time in five years with my family. My mom's a really good skier. And, and she said one thing and I said, all right, I'm gonna work on that. And I started doing it really good. And then she told me another thing to work on. and I was working on that. And she's like, but now you got to do this. I'm like, mom, you're, you're, you're making me real <laughs> mad right now because this is one of the things I talk about in shooting. And so on the chairlift up, I said, here's how we do it in shooting, right? If you got a grip problem we're, we're focusing on left hand at a time, maybe your right hand was good. Now your right hand's bad. That's fine. You fix one thing at a time, consistent, conscious effort. And then eventually you can try putting it all together. And then you, you basically hit the lowest common denominator, the one that's not working the most. You focus on that one. You keep building it up. This is,
2: this is like what Dex Bradley from the AMU was talking about on our show yesterday. He said, mm-hmm. it's like a bunch of balloons in a room and each yep. balloon is a skill and you're trying to keep them all off the ground. And yep. You can only hit one balloon yeah. at a time.
0: Yes, exactly. And that, I mean, that's kind of the training system or sort of builds into the training system that I use is if I shoot a match, I then write down exactly what I need to go work on and I like, hit those skills first, but I have a pretty routine uh, dr- drills and skills, stuff that I focus on. So I can, I basically sectionalize every possible skill there is to work on to a very small level, like grip. I have like three or f- three or five, like main things that I practice and, and, little abilities and skills and different parts of it that I then do drills for. So normal season of practice, I just go through all those things, just start to finish, start to finish, start to finish. And uh, but as far as like in the mid season, it's what I just do in a match wrong? And let's hit those uh and fix them. And yeah. then if I got more time, I'll go through them again.
1: Okay. So your practice, let's let jump into your practice. So yeah, your practice um like a monthly enough to the match, how many rounds are you firing per week? How many times are you draft mm-hmm. firing? How many times you're live firing. Yeah. What does your practice look like?
0: Yeah. I always love this because everyone's always like expects me to shoot a bunch. you be like practicing a bunch and it's yeah, like you shoot a million rounds a month, right? <laughs> yeah. A million rounds a month. And you I know, have a job
2: uh, and you're a student and yeah. you're trying to shoot.
0: Yeah. The problem is
2: classes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When I got time, the problem is it's like time for me right now is like crazy. And I I'm, I am i am 21. Uh, I'm real young and I, I'm still trying to have a good time with my friends, uh, see people hang out, like i be at school. And so like, shooting has always just been like my training. And so I've had to get pretty efficient with it, like between school, work, family, everything going on. There's just like not a lot of time for things. And so, uh, I mean, when I was in school, I was living on campus and uh, couldn't have my gun there for the past two years now. Yeah, for, yeah, past two years, I've been able to have my gun in a safe lock because I'm not on campus anymore, which is real nice for dry fire. But uh, I still need to drive at least 30 minutes there and back to get to a range trip like a, a range trip is going to take me two to three hours. So it's a big deal for me to go to practice. So do a lot of dry fire, like in the season, ideally I want to be dry firing like at least every day or at least every other day. And ideally every day, like leading up to a match. Like if I had, if I had an area two in two weeks from now, I dry fire every single day leading up to it. The problem is if you try to cram too much training close to it, like you're gonna have problems that you just cannot fix and you know, are not going to be fixed. So I try to plan like ahead, like, I'll probably start training very seriously three months out from nationals. And that's like real, it's, for me, it's realistic. And I know that I can do pretty darn well with it. And I try to shoot as much as possible close to the event. So uh, I can like, get into like repeatable processes and everything like that. But ideally I'd shoot every day of the week. I dry fire every day of the week. I shoot a hundred thousand rounds a year. I do all that sort of stuff, but I don't because life happens, right? I'm not a professional shooter. I've basically chosen not to take that path Uh, For a variety of different reasons, but uh so I'd I'd love to do more, and it's frustrating at times. But one of the things I consistently stay away from is saying making it an excuse. Like I really try very hard to never say, Oh, well, he he he's gonna be he he beat me for this. I I mean his last time I lost like 2019. Like I would never be like he beat me because he lives on a range, he can shoot whenever he wants, he has all the ammo he wants, he has all the guns he wants. They give him free guns and optics, and right. So I never do that, but so I, you know, I'm, I'm very realistic with it. I'm pretty happy with what i do and Also very fortunate situation of where I can go practice and train. But anyways, back to the specific question, most time to lead up to open nationals three months out, I'll start dry firing every day, every other day. When I have time, I try to get my hands on the gun, try to make the gun just an extension of my hands. Mm-hmm. Whereas I can just look at a spot and the gun goes to it. And uh, you know, when, when the adrenaline's pumping, when you're shooting a stage, that I think is a big X factor of being familiar with what you can get away with and having the gun be real comfortable in your hands. So uh, I think being very familiar with the gun helps a ton kind of like an X factor, kind of like an additional unquantifiable skill, I guess at some, some points. Um, but yeah, dry fire every other day, uh, leading up to match for three months. And then realistically, most weeks I get out once one time a week and I shoot, Some days it's 250 rounds. I'm I'm just done. And then some days I'm really, really, really shooting a bunch. I'm shooting like 400 rounds, but I I cannot remember the last time I had a a practice session over 400, 400 rounds. Trying to think. No, I really haven't had a practice session over 400 rounds, so I shoot probably 20,000 rounds a year.
2: Yeah, I think you get to the point of diminishing returns after about 400 rounds or so. I, I mean, if you're do. having
0: fun, keep going, but yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, I would love to do five days a week with a hundred rounds rather than, you know, one practice session with 500 rounds easily. So yeah, you get
2: more processing time too. If you do too many That's things it. all at once, then it's, it's just going to disappear. It's not going to work its way into your long-term memory.
0: Yeah. I kind of yeah. joked about it last year saying when I was warming up, like people will be burning like five mags and I go over there with 10 rounds. And I'm just like, like bang. bang. <clears throat> bang, bang. All right. Drop bang, bang. All right. Bang, 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 bang. I'm done. They're like, want to shoot more. I'm like, no, I'm wasting my good bullets. Right. My (laughs) focus energy, but there is some facts to that, you know, some signs to that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think some of the guys as well, like, well, I'm shooting 500 rounds three, four times a week. Um, Mm -hmm. I should be good, right? It should be, should be training, but I think some of them just kind of, you're just wasting, you're just wasting ammo and making noise past, past that point.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. There are some people, um, Oh, I, I guess I do not say it like that, but there are people that I know, let's use two people. For example, I got one guy who shoots, you know, 500 rounds or two, two practices with 250 rounds a week. And I got one guy that shoots every single day, 500 rounds. And that one guy beats the other guy every single time. It's because they don't know how to train. They don't know what to train. And it's a big problem. And I guess what that person needs to do is they need to go get a class and they know what they're bad at, what to work on and how to train. Like that's the steps but not everyone necessarily wants to do that. Some people want to go to the range and burn 500 rounds for fun, just, you know, whatever. But I'm into the very focused training. And so I I break down all the different skill sets that I want to train, all the different things I want to train. um, uh, And I just hit every single one of them and very, very just focused on it. And uh, I mean, every once in a while I find myself like usually when I'm getting into like the array section where I'll just go and set up an array and just shoot it all day long, which that's not very good practice, but every once in a while, You know, gotta give yourself a little bit of grace there and have a little bit of fun with the training. But usually it's, it's not as like glamorous as the Instagram videos and stuff go. Like I'm not shooting field courses in practice. I'm shooting three targets for like two hours and shooting 400 rounds and just like grinding it out, like getting nutty with the level of technicality that I'm, I'm focusing on. It's not always fun, but, uh, very focused training for sure
2: yeah you should be getting yeah. feedback from every bullet you send on range
0: definitely 100%. every
2: bullet means something
0: 100 percent. yeah
2: and being able I can't, to process I can't remember what
1: that when means. the last time I, when the last time i practice session was actually fun
0: <laughs> i agree i agree i had a blast i took some new shooters to the range last week and i was like this is fun like i'm leaving the range this is fun but usually i'll end on like a bad rep and then i'll go home like dry fire or do something like super shooting nerd related but uh yeah it's it's good Scott yeah, so what only do you only taking 50 rounds 50 rounds oh yeah. maybe that's ammo construction I remember, I remember talking in this summer but uh yeah I mean you don't really need much I mean I if you, if ammo is a real big crunch I would dry fire the drill mm-hmm. like so you had a drill let's I don't know let's say you had an array you had a target here a target here dry fire a couple times yeah. with sight pictures and everything and then shoot it once yeah I think there's a lot of value in that
2: oh yeah definitely working in dry fire training into your live fire is going to be way more productive
0: Way more just, yeah. than just throwing okay. rounds downrange for no reason
1: are you taking a break currently or what's happening on your off season
0: yeah i know people still so mess with me like are you shooting you posting videos or anything um yeah so i guess so it, i shot usb this fall's been crazy because i've been working part-time uh, It it's supposed to be like 15 hours a week i've been working 20 to 28 29 at most but usually like 24 hours so i've been working 24 hours a week uh on three different days And then, uh, you know, I've I've had class on the other two days. And so I've had finals and tests and everything. So I've been working and doing school and trying to shoot, which is not, is technically a recipe for disaster, but I've avoided all disasters and been pretty successful in all three, which has been real good with, you know, good focus energy on all of it and trying to stay sane. But uh, this fall I had open nationals you know, with work and school and everything going on. And so I trained as much as I possibly could. I I'd go shoot early in the morning before classes. I go shoot early in the morning before work, all that sort of stuff. Um, so I was like definitely training pretty hard, definitely getting like way too too little uh, amount of sleep. Um, but after I shot open nationals, I was like big sigh of relief, like all this training and everything. And it wasn't like, oh, I don't want to go practice. I want to go practice next week if I had copious amounts of time, but I didn't. And so I actually didn't pick up my guns until area two because it was like bunch of midterms before and after and so I just picked up the guns dry fired I knew exact things I needed to make sure my like you know uh there's a word for it but like uh uh it's like non non non-negotiable type skills I needed to make sure I was doing I was like but I, I dry fired in the hotel the day before. and I was like, yep, grip is good to go. This is going to be a fine match. Like, um, this is going to be fine. And I shot fine, kind of warmed up on the first day, day two, day three, crush it. But yeah, after area two, I haven't shot the guns besides twice. And one time was to chrono so I could load ammo for the single stack gun. And the other time was taking my friends out. But I think after Christmas, I get back. And I'm going to get right back after it. So probably uh, mid-January, I'm going to get back to like normal, very consistent training one time a week, early morning Saturday, and just start ripping.
2: Hey, Grant, you had a question about cross training, right?
1: Yes. Okay. So cross training, basically shooting a gun that's harder to shoot than your match gun as a way of making it seem easier to shoot your match gun. What do you think of that?
0: Yeah. So I like cross training, but I don't necessarily think of it as, um, okay, I shoot, I don't, how would it be harder? So I guess I don't think of it as saying Okay, open's gonna be easier because I shot something else. I think there's some part of that. I, I guess I guess I wouldn't shoot like a, a gun that had like a heavier trigger, had like worse whatever to like make it hard, like make it easier. But I think you learn different skills. And so like when I shot an iron sight gun, when I went back to the open gun, maybe it was just kind of like, oh, wow, this gun's so much easier to shoot, but I felt more tuned up. I feel like your, your vision is a little bit better. You're th- maybe just thinking a little more clearly about it. But yeah, I went and shot the iron sight gun and I'm gonna keep that skill because I think iron sight, when you shoot dot for so long, shooting the iron sights is a skill and it's gonna take a few practice sessions to be like, oh, wow, I can actually hit what I want to now. And like trying to equate what sight picture equates to what on the target is pretty hard. But yeah, I've had a lot of fun. I don't think of it as like, shooting a harder gun, I think it's about learning different skills on the gun. But yeah, I want to be like the most well-rounded shooter right now. I'm really focused on open and winning winning that. But uh, if time allows and if work – definitely, if the big thing is if work allows and kind of life allows, I'm going to shoot single stack nationals or L10. I kind of really want to shoot single stack, but if everyone's shooting L10, I guess I'll shoot L10 then for a little more competition. But truly, I'm not shooting that for competition. I'm shooting it for development of me and just fun, honestly. Uh, for single stack um but then as far as carry optics national we'll shoot carry optics nationals and i actually have the carry optics gun right here uh the cz shadow and the x5 i'm shooting that and i've learned a lot i mean i really like it uh, i like having recoil i mean i think i, I have a really good grip at everything i think uh it applies well to guns that actually have recoil uh, as opposed to the open gun so i like <laughs> it. i've learned a lot of different skills or just like kind of enhance the skills or different level of skills so i don't necessarily think it's like making your gun easier i think it's about learning on other platforms
2: yeah, I think you're okay. creating a lot more neural pathways doing that mm-hmm. because you're expanding your horizons and you're still very young. It's mm-hmm. not until about 25, I think that I we kind of slow down with our myelination a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you're creating all these neural pathways that for the rest of your life, you're going to have a much easier time coming back and revisiting or yeah. carrying over to other things where you can take a direct path where the rest of us yeah. adults have to go like all over the place <laughs> taking shortcuts yeah. or long cuts to and you've got a shortcut.
0: Yeah, I like the science behind it. I, I completely agree with all that. That's really good. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, right? Like, like I went skiing yesterday and, I, and my mom was like, well, this will be really interesting. Like, I just didn't want to hurt myself is the main thing. But uh, because I skied when I was really young, I was able to get right back after it where I had another good buddy of mine go ski who'd never skied in his entire life. And I would say he's more athletic than I am and had just a terrible time and was doing bunny slopes the entire time. And that's because I had done it when I'm younger. So creating the neural pathways and everything is definitely, definitely something to do that.
1: Okay. So do you want to settle the double action, single action versus striker fire debate now, or do you want
0: to? <laughs> <laughs> I think the jury or the, uh, the, the court or jury, whatever is out on that one. Uh, this is, I have a, I have one that's getting milled and getting trigger work done. So I'll get my optic on it and everything, but I got this pretty much what I'm going to do trigger job on it. Uh, I'm still testing the X5 and the CZ. I really like both guns a lot. I'm having a terrible time deciding and I don't want to like buy a bunch of stuff when I don't know if I'm going to do it. So uh, I'm just trying to decide between the striker Fire uh, SIG and possibly a Walter in this gun. But I mean, I shot this gun double action a couple of times. It's not terrible. I mean, like it's not a big disadvantage. I mean, I think getting the gun that fits you the best and you like the feel and everything is really good. But I mean, I don't know. I could go shoot a, people think the Glock carry out this gun sucks. I'm going to shoot the Glock tomorrow and probably have the exact same results, you know, marginal difference, maybe of that, uh, it's more of a mental thing sometimes, but yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think I can settle it right now, but I don't think, I don't think it's a terrible thing i mean this trigger single action is objectively nicer than uh the other other striker fired guns just normally so i mean i guess if you can stomach the double action first shot which is not that bad i guess uh, the trigger on this is better well i just tell people no
1: one ever won a an ipsic match by shooting the first round very quickly so this
0: is very true i like that yeah it makes a lot of sense
1: yeah okay so you also um speaking of the dots you've mm-hmm. kind of graduated towards like a smaller dot like a 3moa kind mm-hmm. of thing and then most of the guys that i speak to like the m- biggest massive dot that they can find yeah
0: which is crazy in south africa so you shoot ibsc so like the target yeah. difficulty is probably higher so like okay so if i so some people science people will say okay at this like like a row of five yard targets oh man i really wish i had iron sights it's like why is that well you're you're less precise with it right you can just slap them kind of in the middle whereas a dot you may get kind of sucked into trying to aiming too much in the center or whatever and so uh same thing kind of happens with the dot so like if i'm shooting close-up stuff <clears throat> if i have a tiny dot you can try to get you accidentally get like too, uh like aim too much like aim too tight when you're like pretty close on the target so like a bigger dot makes you be less precise which would then be better at some targets close range but when as soon as you get far you toss a you know a six six or an eight moa target on the or thing on the on the target it's filling up the entire head box so instead of now saying am i left or right on the head box it's either on the head box somewhere or off of it which is kind of scary for me so i like to be pretty precise with it so this dot here's a delta point two between 2.5 moa uh you know it's a good dot uh but i really like the sig the sig dots uh better and uh for a variety of different reasons but no i've always used a 2.5 or 3 moa those are three but i think because of the glass size this is a three so i like the three moa Every once in a while, i'll pick up a six i'm like oh this is so nice and then you shoot like actually hard stuff and i want i want to grab the three right away so yeah i used to use a big one but that's before i like i just the dot came with the gun but so yeah. out
2: of curiosity where do you zero
0: yeah so i guess that's also hot topics i, I love i love the hot topics <laughs> all the hot here. topics <laughs> yeah maybe we're talking about the dot the the tape on the dot next uh but uh right those are training wheels not something yeah i I don't know i don't know why i got looped into that the other day someone was making fun of the whole make it happen thing and it was like oh you can put the you can put the tape we know know who that
1: is make it happen
0: (laughs) it's like i had never i had never once taught this taught this technique i've never once mentioned this technique I've never once used this technique somehow i got associated with it. It makes no sense. Maybe just because I'm a young guy and everyone thinks it's a new young trend, but uh, I got, I got no bad feelings for it. There's obviously, you know, joking of some sorts, but uh, I, I, I don't teach it at all or do anything like that. I haven't even tried it myself. Am I going to try it now? I guess, I guess got the perfect, you know, we'll, little, little poke to, to go try it and see what I think of it. But um, that's what I think on that. What was it? What was the, the other hot topic we were just on? Where do you zero? Where do you zero? Yeah. I get, I get two into the hot topic and it is, you know, blank out of everything else. Uh, no, so I zero at 13 yards. Uh, I guess most commonly people do 15. Uh, but I mean, if you think about what we're shooting, like 95% or some percentage, uh, some kind of arbitrary percentage is, is real close up. And so I just went into the match and I was like, okay, do I want to be on for almost everything I'm shooting? And then just slightly maybe adjust for the 1% of different targets that are really far out. And I thought that was a pretty good des- decision because you can just be spot on for everything and make a tiny adjustment on one or two targets, maybe in the match or stage.
2: Would you consider making a ju- an adjustment for IPSC?
0: Maybe I'd put it at 15 <laughs> uh, I don't know if I go as far as 17, uh, but I mean, I guess what would be kind of cool is, I mean, there's no data on this, but say if you like mapped out every target at different matches and then you know, okay, I want to be zeroed for what 95% of the targets are. And maybe it's It'll like 17 in an IPC match. I bet it probably is a range again of like 10 to 17 if you're at a USPSA match down south with a bunch of open targets at five yards versus maybe an area eight match versus maybe an area two match versus ipc world shoot so i don't know i may change it but i feel pretty comfortable with it i have shot some pretty far targets and it's not a big deal uh it's a big deal when you start hitting no shoots or throwing them over the top but it's pretty easy to adjust but definitely i can
2: guarantee you'll have 50 yard targets at the world shoot
0: yeah and for the 50 yard target i just aim bottom of the alpha and they go right in the center and it's just like For the three, I'd rather just adjust for it, but I may go further for IPC. Maybe fifteen, maybe maybe I uh kind of dollar cost average that one and go fifteen and then sixteen or something like that. But yeah, Yeah, they they also have these
1: little tiny guys. Sorry, Mm -hmm. you go ahead.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They also have these little tiny square plates, and they put them out Mm. fairly far, and they're painted all different colors. Sometimes they're even painted brown with a brown background.
0: Oh, nice! Nice. And
2: sometimes they have. Sometimes the targets are all different colors, so you may want to. Practice shooting that just to get outside yeah. your comfort zone a little bit.
0: That's perfect. Luckily, uh, there's a lot of cowboy action guys and like skill shooters locally, so I'll get like green, red, brown, different painted colors and stuff. So I do practice on that a little bit. But I- I'm ready for all that. I want, I want all that. I want all the difficulty. I want all the hardness. I'm, I'm ready to go for it. But definitely consideration as far as zero goes uh, to look at. So
1: yeah, yeah. The general yeah. rule of thumb in Epsic is zero 25 and just hold over for everything.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I like that, though. Holding over for everything. I'd rather hold under for a few than hold over for everything. I don't know. That's kind of my thought on it. 25 seems so far. I've got to do some math on this. <laughs> it's going <gonna> it, to really
2: <laughs> throw you off on yeah. close partials with no yeah. shoots.
0: Yeah, so if you're like not used bet to bet on it close and then just aim a little low at the far stuff, which can kind of be nutty when you have a partial and you're aiming into the partial, but I, it has to be pretty far for me to do that. And then, yeah, I, I don't know. I like, I like what I'm doing now. It's work pretty well. I think um, this is
1: one of those personal preference things of I'm used to my dot at this distance and I'm not going to change it.
0: Yeah. I think there's a quite a bit of that, but then also like objectively, is there a range that's more suitable for one than the other? So, uh, yeah, I like it.
2: That'll be interesting to see how that pans out.
0: Yeah, it'll be good. Uh, (laughs) I'm, I want the harder matches. I want the further targets. So I'm, I'm, I'm down to apply that to some things, but, uh, yeah. I mean, it worked so far on the far targets that I have shot. I shot my alphas on it. So uh, I don't know, but right. I'm definitely open to change. I'm not, I'm, I am so against staying hard and fast and locked into something. Like, I guess, I guess if you're you say some, if I say something now, like if I said like, oh, I'm doing 13, I'm not afraid to uh, two months from now, put it to 25, you know? So I don't know. I'm open to it, but everything has to, you got to have a thesis behind anything that I do with any of this stuff i wonder if
2: six months from now christian is going to look back at this and go you should have probably done something else We <laughs> may get close to 15 i don't think we're getting <laughs> from, but yeah no, i like it
1: that was pretty cool yeah
2: so let's talk about the world shoot are you doing anything specific to prep for that like for example the the walkthroughs are a little different have you shot it yep. before
0: yeah so i shot uh I, I talked about the excuses thing earlier, so I'm not even gonna get into it, but I shot <laughs> IPC nationals when I was real young, like three, three, four years ago. But that's um, in the
2: US, so it's not quite the US. same.
0: Not quite the same. Yeah. I mean, what's cool though is I know I'm gonna like IPSC better because I want yeah, the I want challenge. separation. I want the challenge, I want the separation. Uh, like if you look at uh, you know nationals this this year, zone one and zone two, like the targets like the stages like you know, no offense to any of the stage designers. Like I have uh, so much respect for the people that put on the matches and do the hard work because I'm not the one running the timer. I'm not the one putting the stakes in the ground. And I've done that before locally at different events, and it and it's terrible. It's really, really hard, a lot of hard work. But I think objectively those stages were a little bit too easy and the, and separating yourself is much harder. I use the example of taking um and not saying that I, I'm putting myself in this shoes, but like if you took an NFL quarterback and a college quarterback, obviously the NFL quarterback is better than the college quarterback. All right, now let's prove this. If I took it, took them, and I said, You're gonna throw 100 footballs through a 15 yard hula hoop, okay? You know, the the NFL quarterback's probably just gonna barely beat the quarterback because it's not that much of a challenge. But then Mm -hmm. if I put a hula hoop at 15, 25, 50, 100, the NFL quarterback's gonna, gonna smoke the guy because he has more chances to show his elite. Uh, and just better than the other person's skill. So I wish they were a lot harder. But as soon as we got into zone three, I knew it was gonna be game over because <clears> the first <throat> stage were very far steel, and uh, other competitors took them up close. But I was confident in my my better ability at distance to shoot very accurate. And I, you know, trusted the process of my training and everything. And I went right to the back and went one for one up until the last steal. barely called off the edge, put a pickup shot, but Besides that, I'm pretty sure I won the stage and, and separated myself the most. And it was the most technical shots, the furthest shots, kind of the hardest positions to be in on. I was in a weird lean and everything. And then the rest of the stages were, you know, more technical, harder shooting. And I, I did better at that. So... I think everyone's like, oh, Christian's going to go shoot IPSC and he's going to face a real big challenge or he's going to get a drop off. I'm like, if, if you know, you know that that's not the case. Like I'm only going to be better when I have harder stages. And so that will be cool to see. But as far as the, um, the make ready thing, that's something that really threw me off because I'm used to racking the gun, kind of gripping Mm -hmm. the gun everything. So what Mm -hmm. I started doing, I, I, you know, it's an advantage to be able to do that stuff. So if I'm shooting USPSA, I'm going to do that. I'm not just going to be like, oh, sorry guys, I'm better than everyone here and I need to do IPC load. Like that's not true. Like that's, that's hilarious. Like I'm not going to do that. So if I have the option to rack the gun, do all stuff, I'm going to do that. But, uh, I started doing that at local matches sometimes, but the big the key a hack, but i go to the safety table when I'm the, in the whole shooter on the deck shooter mm-hmm. and I drive for the gun and I'm like, I'm hot. Like let's load the gun. and mm-hmm. do this. Right. I've I do the same it. thing for yeah. IPSC. <laughs> yeah so it's like all about learning the stage before you get on it so you don't need to do those last run-throughs you don't need to do the last you know, rack and feel the gun and everything and so uh yeah i just do that ahead of time and i can just do it which is cool but it just i just learn that but i don't I'm trying to think what else there, there are rules i guess running out of bounds is gonna be really weird for me i choreograph not doing that but and then having only having, having
1: time, five to three minutes to actually walk the stage you can't walk it the day before kind or of two day.
0: minutes
2: Some of
1: them are two minutes. Two minutes, yeah. Some of them you'll only get like one minute.
0: Yeah, I actually didn't even plan this, but at Georgia State, I flew in from another match, Area 4, because I was already down south. I'm like, I need more matches or four nationals, but I didn't have a bunch of matches close to it. And I pulled up and we were shooting in like 30 minutes and I was like trying to load mags. My dad was like loading mags. Like dad, can you please load these? I'm going to run around, and try to look at the stages because you only had six guys in a squad and they pasted for you. So it was just like, boom, boom, boom. As soon as you mm-hmm. load your mags to shoot the next stage. And so we only had four minute walkthroughs. And for that, uh i it was almost like oh wow this is almost like you know ipsc match where i don't get much time and luckily they weren't too complicated but i still have to memorize a plan on it on these yeah. field courses so that was kind of a test and I, I did pretty well at it so i i you know making an improvements with that which is pretty cool
2: yeah that's something you should definitely be practicing mm-hmm. even just at a local match give yourself a really minimal amount of time to look at the stage oh, come know. up with a plan walk away visualize and then mm-hmm. go shoot yeah i mean you get your walkthrough when you're on deck but Mm -hmm. you have to stay behind the rear fault lines the day before when you show up to look at the stages and you can't really see where all the targets are all the time and then basically you have everybody trying to do the walkthrough within that like one to two to three minutes whatever it might be and you can't see everything
0: (laughs) or 12 yeah so and especially when you have 12 guys that like want to win the match right so yes i used to get i used to get really just like oh my gosh there's someone's got a better plan than me and you know uh, people would say different things that maybe weren't necessarily right or anything like that. And so I just said, you know what? I'm trusting myself and myself only, and maybe a few trusted friends, um, but I can only rely on myself. And so I've just been totally independent. Like this nationals, I was just this one. And basically all last year, totally independent of my stage plans, maybe you know, with close buddies and say, Hey, what do you think of this or that? But at the end of the day, I'm making the decisions. And so mm-hmm. uh, I've gotten a lot better at that. And I like that idea. That's a great idea. I mean, going to local match and saying, I haven't shot a bunch of, you know in past couple of years, but going to local out saying I'm not walking these stages until I'm up there is a good idea. And I, so I've done that in Georgia like not on purpose, yeah, uh, but I also done a better job of saying uh, of doing like, all right, if I got four minutes on this stage, what am I going to do and pick a plan and then maybe go back and say, I want to change anything? And the cool thing is when I've done the four minute walkthrough versus like all day when you're walking the stages. I haven't really come up with anything too crazy. So it kind of goes to goes to show, trust your gut, do the analysis and go through a process. And I have a pretty good process of going through it. I, I've had it, I've it written down a couple of times, but it's just kind of in my head, all right, find the targets, walk around, do this. Um, but then in my practice, I do a lot of sequence training where I, I do the same targets and I pick a different sequence, but I move, I move mm-hmm. so I'm not like seeing them necessarily the same. And so I can pick a plan, all right, close my eyes. All right, one, two, four, three. One, two, four, three. One, two, four, three. All right, let's do it. And then just like just shooting it as best yeah. as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So and you're thing saying you with...
1: actually going to. Sorry, you're saying you actually go into the mm-hmm. safety area. Yes. Before you're on deck and actually draw a fire. You don't do
0: that. <laughs> no, me. No, I do that. No, no, yeah, so that. that's exactly what I do. Yeah, no, dude, you, you should do that. That'd be that'd be really good. I mean, one one that I do is just making sure I'm getting a good draw and a good grip. Good draw, good grip, and then it's all right. Let's draw the gun and do the first move off it. If you have a big, big place, and then just visualize. Okay, boom, 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 boom. boom. Visualize it, and kind of like one last check. That's exactly
2: what done. I do. What I shoot up, say. yeah. I'm, I really like that. If I'm in the hole, I'm at the safety area,
0: mm-hmm. basically
2: doing my stage with the gun out.
0: Mm-hmm. I do the exact same thing. do <laughs> that. Is, that <laughs> has been a big help. That has been a big help. See, those are things. So, like things like that. Like I, I think that's a great. This, this is this is actually an interesting topic because. I think that's a great thing to do, but that's not necessarily like part of like class curriculum per se. So I, whenever I come, uh, come across those things, I just know that like, you know, like, like Grant, like, it, you know, you're a good shooter and everything. It's like, it's like, I, I'd be surprised that you weren't doing it. Right. And I'm not trying to pick you, yeah. Right. So it's like, even some, <laughs> I am. like really good shooters, like don't do those things. And so it's like yeah, really easy to think like in a class, Oh, you guys must do that. So I started writing down a list of like quality practice guidelines. And then like, little extra things. Like, you know, if we have time at the end of the day or at lunch, things like that, we talk about like, Hey, have you tried this? Or have you tried that? So uh, those things, I uh, just interesting that that just came up, but like things like that, I try to quantify and like have a process and make those more into the process than just like, I mean, some people go to the range like, wow, I had a really good day today. Like, I wonder what I did differently. It's like, well, what did you do differently? And, mm-hmm. or, or when someone's like, oh, wow, I shot that so subconsciously. Like I've never been that locked in. I'm like, well, there's a reason why. That stuff doesn't yeah. just happen. So going through the process. And so this kind of builds into the consistency. So yeah.
2: So another thing for you to keep in mind when you're shooting IPSC, let's say you've got 12 guys walking a stage in two minutes. Yeah. So you don't have to, like us from the US, we line up in order and walk through in order. Yeah. You don't have to do that. If there's a spot you're not sure about, go straight to that spot.
0: Nice. Wait, so is that just a rule? Or is that just kind of it, like how it goes? You'll
2: see it you'll see it at the world shoot where you have a really limited amount of time. You kind you of know, have your plan, but you're not sure where you can see a particular target from or something that's going to decide your plan. You go directly to that spot. Don't even bother standing in the line, just go right of to that spot and then get out of there as fast as you can. Yeah. So other guys can get through.
0: Is that a rule yes. though? I wonder. Is that it's a rule? not a rule. Okay. No, yeah. You,
1: you can walk the entire stage. Once the, the RO says you may do a walkthrough, you can pretty much do whatever you want on the stage.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess technically you could go in the front of the line and be like, lines don't exist, right? But that's obviously not how they the No, you want to be polite,
2: but if one you just want to check, friends, like, yeah. one spot, if you have one problem spot you're not sure about, just dart in there it, first, yeah. get there really quick, get out yeah. really quick, just see it, and then go back to the line. It, Yeah, yeah. Go to the back
0: the yeah. Line. I, I maybe need to get a little more aggressive with that because I feel like I always get kind of screwed over with the line. So I, I definitely – I'm just, just just too nice, and people don't always play nice. <laughs> well, then you get the, the
2: Asian guys are like ants on a watermelon. Oh really? They don't stand in line and they laugh at all of us for standing in a Congo line. Oh really?
0: Line. They just yeah. pop in there. Yeah. Now I haven't had too many problems with that at all. Uh, I mean, I've only I'm trying to think of the last time. I, I've had a couple times where um, I have had something go wrong, like an optic break or just something. And I, I like had the stage plan done, but then I was so focused fixing something, I come back and like, oh, you're on deck, and kind of had like a two minute walkthrough to do it. So I think practicing that would be kind of a cool idea. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah. In the Philippines, I was shooting a match with Eric Grafell, and we yeah. got this fast pass. So it was kind of like what you said, where you're just going right through the stages, boom, 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 oh, boom.
0: Oh, So he just shot through, yeah.
2: Yeah, so we had, I don't know, it was like 30 stages, some ridiculous number. He would walk up to each stage, take a look at it for like 30 seconds, mm-hmm. and then, okay, I'm ready, and just shoot and he jumps in with the fast pass, he'd jump in front of everybody.
0: So you got two minute walk through, you just do it. Yeah, no, that's Yeah, so
2: he'd look at it, 30 seconds, jump in, shoot, move on to the next stage. I'm like, I'm not ready yet.
0: Yeah, no, I'm not (laughs) ready. How did you do that? Yeah, yeah, you got to get to, like, like, eventually when you're just done, like, memorize the sequences and practice, like, and the more complicated, the better. So, like, this is, like, overall theme of, like, practice, yeah, like, you totally, totally are on this, like, if you raise the difficulty of your practice, going to match it, it's easy. So like, if like, I know Eric does a lot of the big courses of fire and stuff. I I do a lot of similar stuff with different restrictions on different like distances and everything. But uh, like, I'll do things where, I have, like, five different, like, arbitrary positions I just made up. All right. Mm-hmm. You know, this cone, or if I brought the cones, cones, or this box of ammo, this mag. All right. From here, you do this, and then reload, and then strong hand, and then move back in the weekend, and then reload, and, and then grab this, whatever. So, I make these like, super complicated sequences, because then, like, these stages are just, like, wow, like, this is so easy. So, it's all about, like, you know, you got to put in the work, and then, uh, then it'll be a lot easier when you do it.
2: That's one of the things I do in my, in my trained smart class is... Mm-hmm. I will pair people up and then person one gives person two some yes. messed up plan that they would love never that. do yeah and then they switch yeah and the more they mess with each other the harder it is and the more yes. interesting it gets to watch yes
0: i love that i love that no, that's really fun and uh yeah i do the exact same thing uh with just an array and people are are brutal They're, they'll say all right this one this one reload strong hand this like it gets pretty uh Pretty technical, but then obviously they switch and they have to do each other's plans and remember that and then tell them that. So I I love that, it's really good.
2: And I actually find that people are more successful when they're doing something outside their comfort zone when their buddy gives them some stupid plan with some ridiculous order because you it forces you to visualize so much. Totally. But they actually get a better time and better hits than when mm. they shot it the way they wanted to.
0: That's that those are the little interesting things you find. Like you're not testing that, but you just found that. So I, I love those observations like that. They're they're kind of mind-blowing. It's like, well, that just goes to show you need to run through the plan and visualize it because when it's just easy, th- this actually. I love, I love this. So the technical discussions, like I'm, I'd say I'm pretty much USPSA nerd, like not actually oh, yeah. like with the technical stuff. So like, this is great. Like this, I'm just bouncing all over the place. There's so many things going on. There's so many, <laughs> like there's so many things in shooting that less, like aren't really talked about. And I think have helped me a lot. And, uh, but like, for example, at a stage, um, uh, is in North Carolina area six, there was three targets to end close open papers. And uh, some of my guys will remember this one's kind of funny. I, they're all watching and everything. And I go up there and I real, you know, real technical plan leading up to the end. There's three targets right in a row, like, you know, disrespectfully close. And I just went, ba 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 bang ba bang Like, I was like, oh, because I just didn't call it anything. Because in my mind, it was just like, real technical, right? Like, this, 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 and then just finish. And if you ever find yourself just saying, oh, there's three in a row, just whatever, just finish, that's when you're not going to mm-hmm. pick the center sure and to have problems. So uh, I, I've, I've had a lot of those little, like, kind of eye-opening moments in the past year or two years of just figuring something out just organically like through the mistakes yeah. and it, it really drives it home and i think if you're not paying attention it's very like i used to not pay attention as much i guess uh, i don't even know can't really explain it but now i pay attention i find these little tools and tricks that have helped me a lot something yeah, else like a
1: sorry i've got to have like a set of like eight ipsic plates yeah, that they can see if I one array. They start shooting the first one. They hit it. The second one, they hit it. They start speeding up. The third, fourth. Yes, speed up on the fifth, and then the last two, they completely miss.
0: Yes, exactly. So like I put Coming more policy. emphasis now on the last plates rather than the first plates. Like things like that. Yeah. are Like really emphasizing like the center of each plate, not just oh, I'm gonna go shoot the rack. Yeah. There's so a little things like that.
2: Something else really interesting that I've seen in matches is mm-hmm. when there are a couple of close targets. Let's say two targets at five yards and somebody's doing their stage plan and they think i'm going to shoot those two targets as fast as i can what their brain yeah. does is thinks i want to shoot them both at the same time and they end up shooting at the space
0: now, in between crazy. the
2: two targets because they split the difference
0: no i haven't seen that before but that's crazy yeah no interesting. i've seen that sure.
2: several times
0: Jeez, yeah that's tough I, yeah you really hate to see that one yeah <laughs>
2: It's such a bizarre thing the way our mind plays tricks on us, or you're trying to memorize this memory stage and you skip over the one target that you know exactly where it is that's right, right. in front of your face and don't even engage it.
0: Right. Yeah. You're I mean, so I'm-
2: focused on the ones that you don't know for sure where they are.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, like, the ones that are, like, right in front of your face, you go by. And then the one that's tucked behind the little corner, you remember. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of memory stages. Like, we were just talking about the time limit. I think you should be able to figure out a stage in two minutes consistently. And mm-hmm. if it's not, the stage is too difficult. But, uh, yeah. I, or you I need to practice them. it more. When people <laughs> throw is, people in a memory like,
1: stage. Like, yeah. Oh, sorry, if people throw, throw say in a memory stage in nationals, like, here's a memory stage. Like, okay, that's fun. They'll separate the men from the boys and all that garbage. Like, you know. Yeah. But it's like when you have memory stage on memory stage and then another memory stage, it kind of like ruins, it runs the flow, yeah. ruins the fun of the whole match.
0: Yeah. If you have a stage where the entire day before the match, every single competitor is there for at least 30 minutes or even more than like 15, 20 minutes, like that, there's a problem with that stage. Uh, so I don't really like the memory, the memory, st- like, oh, every stage is memory stage that is true every stage is memory stage but when targets are like hidden and tucked behind things it's like very confusing that's not necessarily like a stage that's going to test people's i mean i guess it tests the skill of can you memorize a stage but you do that anyways and i don't, I don't really like him as much but they can be fun i like shooting at local and regional matches and, or local and maybe state matches but as far as regional and national matches i think <clears> pretty straightforward uh you know with some options right i like options they're pretty cool Honestly, I would be fine if there was no options on stages. It was just who has the best skill and ability on this stage and who can deliver. I'm fine with that. But I do like options sometimes. You're kind of fun to play around with and play your strengths.
2: I think having a memory stage in a match is a good thing to test that skill of visualization yeah. and memorization. But yeah, like you said, every single stage in the match, that's not even going to be fun. It's yeah, not what yeah. We're there for.
0: I agree. I'm probably in the same position. You kind of in the middle, but like the shoot houses and stuff where it's like, the only reason why i did well on it is someone you know came out to me and said i've been here for an hour and this is the best plan you shoot everything from you're talking about florida out. well oh i don't know about florida it's <laughs> like they were oh wait maybe the florida one No, you know that shoot house was pretty easy in florida florida was totally fine i guess the one in 2019 at utah was like people were putting hats on top of targets and you're like all right oh all yeah that's the hat, one i was thinking
2: hat. of it, yeah. it was
0: utah yeah that was that yeah, was, i shot that, that one too Real.
1: yeah you see that that's where you're like ipsic because you can't do that and have it at a legal stage yeah
0: yeah so
2: what are your plans for the world shoot for preparation specifically
0: yeah so i'll be working and doing uh doing a bunch of work um but i'll, I'll have the days off for the world shoot and that will definitely be a priority if um if the Extreme Euro is happening, I'm going to try pretty hard to make it. It's just a lot of travel time, a lot of time off yeah. from work, which is unfortunate. And so, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'll try to make the Extreme Euro, but I got, you know, a bunch of regional matches and stuff. These those are easy to make, right? I can fly out after work on Friday and I can shoot the match, hopefully in one day. I prefer one day format because, you know, it's an area match. If it's if it's not more than like 14 stages, I just want to shoot in one day. Uh, so like, you know, those regional matches are really easy to hit, get me more experience. But one, I want to shoot more difficult matches. And two, I want to shoot against better competitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've against the same guys in the U S for the past three years and you know, respect them and they're really good competitors. Um, but, and a lot of the guys I shoot against have beaten a lot of the international competitors, you know, maybe besides maybe one or two guys. Um, but uh, yeah, I want to shoot against better competitors, more challenging stages. And, I'm up for any challenges out there and, uh, yeah, hopefully get to the extreme Euro and the world shoot. And as far as training goes, uh, I'm just going to make it work. That's kind of always what I've always done is kind of make it work, you know, drive for when I got time, live for when I got time, just just make it happen. Honestly. Like I just don't have time for it, but, uh, time for training sometimes when I'm working and doing school, but I would just wake up at just like terrible hours, like, you know, four or five in the morning, drive over here, grab my guns and go shoot. And so I'll try to shoot more, but I got kind of my whole gun situation sorted out, got a bunch of guns now where I can train and practice and get a bunch of rounds down range, but just, I'm focusing on my individual skills. I want to develop. I also want to develop, you know, ha- pushing and doing that stuff we we're talking about. And then, um, you know, a few more technical elements I want to toss in there, but going pretty good, got a pretty good base. And I, I know, not only with my current skill level, would more practice make me better. I also know that with more practice, I could expand my current skills. So I kind of feel like there's a there's a range of I'm right here up to here is with practice, how much better I can get. And then here is unlocking a whole new skill level. And so that's basically the goal is here. So I'm pretty, pretty excited about it. I mean, just talking about it right now got me, you know, real fired up and makes me want to go practice and train and drive harder than gun got sitting next to me. So I'm just really excited about all of it.
2: There are going to be a lot of things that are outside of your control that you may have not have had to face before. Mm-hmm. Well, for example, jet lag is going to be one. Yep, yep. You're Getting there a little early so you can adjust. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. Another
2: one I've seen at these major matches, especially mm-hmm. in Europe, I don't know about Thailand, but sometimes because of the scheduling, they end up pushing into the evening and they're shooting mm-hmm. in very low or minimal light. So I don't know if you've ever practiced in lower light, like as the sun is going down or as it's about to come up. Yeah, that might be worth worth
0: trying a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. That's just in case low light. Yeah. So I shot a little bit of that just locally and then at different matches and that hasn't really affected me maybe just through the dot and everything. And then, uh, yeah, I just, I'm just ready to, to make it happen in general. I mean, I'll do whatever it takes. If it, you know, if I, if I think that's going to help me i out, you know, if if I'm going to get four hours of sleep or five hours of sleep and be jet lag, I just won't sleep and go practice and just shoot with no sleep just to get the experience. Obviously I'm probably not going to do that, but luckily I've, the more experience I've had, the more well-rounded, I feel like I showed up to Georgia. It was like, like two or three hours of sleep and shot it. And I've shot sick. That is not conducive to results. Uh, so, uh, that's really bad actually. But, um, uh, I've shot semi-sick and done well. I've also shot really sick and done very poorly, but now I've putting myself, uh, through more, you know, harder training and stuff, but some of those things aren't out of my control, but I think there's a certain, uh, like personality type that kind of just like, oh my gosh, like, you know, uh, what happened? My grip screw fell off and, uh, you know, I don't have a replacement. It's not going to affect the the performance at all, but they got it in their head and everything. But I've had, I've had some serious gun things in my head while I'm shooting matches. I've had serious like outside factors in my head in matches and it really hasn't affected me much. So I try to like I try to not be too particular about some things just because, you know, a lot of things are out of my control, but yeah, that's definitely interesting things to consider. And I've thought about a lot of those things about like local food and stuff like that. So I thought about that a little bit, but at the end of the day, like I'm just ready for whatever they throw at me. Like I just, I, it's going to be fine. At the end of the day, it's just going to be fine and we're, we're going to make it work. So I will yeah.
2: tell you as a white person, be careful with the rice. It tastes very good, but <laughs> it really backs you up. Bring, bring stool softeners <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll, I'll be prepared i mean shannon talked about eating granola bars and saltines and water I thought that was hilarious he, he, he's just ready to make it happen too i mean he's a great guy but uh uh yeah i don't know i don't know if i'm gonna go that crazy with granola bars and everything but or with the rice i probably won't i'll probably stay away from it probably just you know yeah. eat what i you know maybe find american grocery stores bring food over or whatever but i'll, I'll figure that out for sure and it'd be more planning closer to the event with stuff like that but it'll definitely be good and getting traveling don't eat, and stuff
1: don't like eat the mcdonald's in thailand apparently that's like the big no-no of of (laughs) of yeah
0: i'll try (laughs) no i I will i will
1: um and then also i'm assuming like you've made sure your gun actually works with like off-the-shelf ammo or something that's loaded by someone else
0: yeah so i have tried the ely ammunition i tried underpower stuff and like everything in my gun now is very uh you know just very focused on reliability sake and i'm not going crazy with springs or extractors or anything like that just very consistent reliable stuff so it'll work with whatever basically and you know i've shot brass i shot 15 times through my current gun and it's worked just fine and so i know there's a little bit of tolerance give there that will allow some of that stuff which is real good so yeah that's, that's an interesting consideration i think all my match ammo though i'm gonna bring with me uh but as far as practice ammo i think i'm gonna buy tie arms or whatever they're trying to do sorry yeah, su- su- supr-
1: sorry so you'll be surprised oh, yeah. like especially with the open guys and the open guns being very finicky on ammo even mm-hmm. some of the limited guys like have that where it's mm-hmm. like they rock up and the match ammo that's provided by the shoot doesn't actually work in their guns so that would suck. They, would suck. the 150 rounds that they were able to bring kind of that's their match ammo
0: yeah that would suck i mean as far as the ammo stuff goes it would be springs or then extractor tension depending on the rim size and then depending <clears> on the power of the ammo so like I feel pretty confident I could mess with that if I had to, but I know that my gun can run minor just barely. So, or sort of, kind of. So, I mean, I think medium power factor ammo will work just fine. So I think I'm pretty much selling that, but but definitely an interesting consideration. But match ammo, I'm going to try really hard to bring all my own. And and yeah, key to my my mom and dad, I think are going to the world shoot. So they'll be able That's
2: perfect because they can carry (laughs) some of your ammo in their bags (laughs) because it's limited to 11 pounds.
0: Yeah. Or 11 kilograms. 11. Yeah. And I guess the cool thing though, is I've never actually had anyone weigh my ammo before. I'm still waiting for the day that someone weighs my ammo. Maybe that's just because I'm being naive. I've never flown internationally with guns, uh, but I've never had anyone weigh it. So I don't know.
2: No, it's, it's 11 pounds, right?
0: 11 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Like what if I just put 50 pounds of ammo or let's say I put 20 pounds of ammo. I mean, are they going to take my ammo and weigh it? I don't know. Sometimes
2: they do. I have seen it happen. It's pretty rare. So when you travel internationally, Mm -hmm. you have to have the gun in a separate suitcase from the animal. Mm -hmm. When you're in the US, they can be in the same suitcase. But in other countries, they require it be in two separate suitcases.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. So they could weigh it then. But I'd probably put the ammo in, i probably put 11 pounds in something and carry it and be like, this is my match ammo, and then different suitcases and kind of move it around and have it tucked in <laughs> in different places. Yeah, that's what
2: so, I do too. So
1: that's a how to how to break the system.
2: <laughs> yeah, so they, they'll probably send you a form for the world shoot that asks for what kind of gun you have, you know, make, model, serial number, that sort of thing. And some countries also require a list of what you're bringing for ammunition, magazines, yeah. things like that. So it's just Holland make sure Portland. you list all of your ammo that you're bringing, yep. even if it's divided between multiple suitcases. Yep. So so that it's listed to get it in, and also to get it back out. If you have any extra, you won't be able to take it back with you from a lot of countries if you didn't that have it sense. listed originally.
0: Yeah. Okay. Good. Good to know. Yeah, be and
2: good. you'll need a form four four five seven if you have that yet.
0: I probably do. I, I mean, I luckily with some of the travel stuff, my dad's been very helpful with. So I'm, I'm sure we got that, which would be good. But I'm not sure. I check okay. all the boxes. We have a few little checklists and protocols people sent over for that sort of stuff. So okay, I'm sure it's on there. I just haven't looked over it because the world too keeps getting moved. Unfortunately, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but well. Did see. you have
2: any sponsors you want to talk about?
0: Yeah, uh, I really want to talk about my mom and dad who have consistently helped me uh, throughout my shooting career, which has been really awesome. But uh, yeah, I only uh, represent companies that I truly believe in and I really enjoy working with. And uh, so I'm really thankful to all my sponsors and uh, maybe we could just link him at the end of the video or something, but everything I use is something that one, I actually use and I actually believe in, and uh, I would never use something I didn't truly believe in or, or didn't work well with people. So um, yeah, I love everyone that I work with and been, uh, had some really unique opportunities with different companies and really grateful for all that.
2: I love how you thank your mom and dad. I was Grant and I were talking before the show about how his hero is a 21-year-old boy and my hero is a 24 year old girl maria gushina
0: <laughs> oh yeah she, she's great i've never met her before but she's obviously very very impressive individual but yeah i mean my mom and dad uh i'm not even really talking about it's like financially supporting me with different gun stuff when i was growing up uh but more just like the way they raised me and kind of brought me into support and been supportive of it. i mean it's not always like a monetary thing it's their time and effort and energy and support and uh yeah. so i really appreciate that
1: that, emo- that emotional support can be worth Definitely. more than than dollars. Yeah.
0: Yeah, 100%. And it's, it's been pretty cool uh, having that matches. Like, I always, like, tell them, like, I'm like, you guys don't need to come to this, but they really enjoy it. And so it's kind of, it's been pretty fun to share those experiences with them. And uh, I know my mom would uh, enjoy if I put a few more points on uh, other competitors before the end so it doesn't get as tight. She doesn't really enjoy that. Nor do I. But that's
2: um, <laughs> She's biting her nails.
0: Yeah, no, she doesn't enjoy that as much. I mean, sometimes I, sometimes I kind of like it, but uh, most of the time <laughs> I'd rather just be up by 100, 200 points, so... <laughs> So
2: is there anything we didn't cover that you did want to touch on today?
0: I'm trying to think. I think you pretty much covered everything. Uh, I guess not really much anymore to talk about. Yeah. I mean, looking forward to the next I, year. Yeah.
1: I want to cover the yeah. showdown of the century that all the international guys are looking forward to. <laughs> you versus Eric Rafael in open at the World yeah. Shoot.
0: Let's do it. I'm I'm ready. Like I mean, like I said, I'm I'm ready for any challenge. I can only control the control bowls. Control Controllable is how I train, how I practice, how I develop the shooter that I am going to be when I show up on the range. And I'm ready for absolutely any challenge. I'm ready for, you know, anyone to come down and shoot any division. And uh, I mean, I prefer it to be open, but uh, no, I, I have a lot of respect for Eric. I think he's an amazing shooter and uh, yeah, a lot of respect for the guy, but um, I think uh, you know I'm going to do real well and, and I'm ready to compete against anyone anytime with open gun. And I'm just really excited about it. And uh, you know, obviously very humbled to, you know, shoot, shoot the same stages, shoot with him and shoot against him. And uh, yeah, we good. Uh, I mean, I met him at shot show and I think, 2019 and we were even talking about shooting each other shooting against each other back then and uh so yeah I'm ready for it um, that
2: Freudian slip there
0: <laughs> oh yeah, right. shoot, yeah. Shoot him? yeah right yeah no 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 shoot, shoot against and uh you know shoot with each other at different matches so uh no I'm I'm really excited about it and yeah, like I said respect the guy uh you know we'll we're, we're play fair you know play hard for sure and uh you know I'm gonna the, the best uh the best year at that time that moment win so uh, I'm looking forward to that and looking forward to kind of display my skills a little bit yeah
1: i um, don't think there's any USA. lack of respect between <laughs> i don't think there's any lack of respect between you or eric i think you both respect yeah. each other as massively as as, mm-hmm. as shooters and yeah. the entire world is looking forward to seeing kind of that yeah. matchup and and see what the what transpires the youthful yeah. youth for exuberance versus the the old the old lion the
0: experience, experience. yeah the experience <laughs> yeah i mean yeah there's there's something to be said about the strength weaknesses of both of us but uh you know i keep taking any weakness and just flipping it on it on his head and, and making it a strength so I'm keep you know one of the things I guess the only thing I didn't I kind of talked about but as far as my skill level kind of fluctuating I probably have a five percent of what my top skill can be and what it's not with just levels of training can fluctuate but as far as my 100 percent, my 100 percent is changing every single practice session and like I, I sometimes I don't feel that way but you know when I go to the next practice session and realize what I did better I'm getting so much better and there's so many parts of my game that haven't been as refined just because of the training. And there's so many parts of the game that haven't been refined just because I haven't raised the ceiling yet, but the ceiling not been reached. So I think that's the coolest part. And uh, I'm looking forward to be successful in that challenge and at the world shoot. But as far as just like me, I, there's so much more to grow. And that's a, I guess that's, I am thinking about like, why shooting shoot and different things, but like the personal development and getting better and seeing the results and, and really working for the results really excites me. So uh, I'm excited to get better, train more, and, uh, you know, meet all the challenges that come my way.
2: I'm very well, excited. So.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate
2: that.
0: I'm, of course, rooting
2: for the USA. Eric I love is a it. great shooter, yeah. <laughs> but go USA.
0: I appreciate that. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, people in the U.S., you know, not everyone in the U.S. really knows Eric, but, uh, you know, I, the only international people I've ever talked about have always, always been grumbling about, oh, Eric and Christian shooting open, and so I, I love that sort of stuff, and it gets me all real fired up, and Anytime I need a little motivation, I'll just open up Instagram and start scrolling uh, through some of the top competitors and uh, they, they get me right on track. So uh, it's, it's yeah, great. I think
2: he, he seems excited about it.
0: Yeah, I think I think we're both pretty mutually excited and spurred by each other. So uh, I think it's I think it's a good thing. Well, it's I'm really, I
1: personally, I'm rooting for you. I really <laughs> want you it. to beat Eric. <laughs> so, you know, all the best.
0: I would not be, I appreciate that. I would not be offended if you're not rooting for me. Uh, anyone, no, I am.
1: I definitely, uh, am. I,
0: I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm working hard and, uh, doing everything, uh, I need to do to make it happen. The cool thing is, I know exactly what I need to do, uh, to win against anyone, not just Eric, but, uh, just to win in general. So uh, I just got to do that. And that's just up to me. And it's my control bowl. And, and so I'm really excited.
2: All right. Well, awesome. thank you so much for coming on the show.
0: Thanks for having me. This is I a think lot we're going to have to
2: split this into two segments. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good Sounds
0: good. Yeah. I had no idea what to expect on this podcast, but I was uh, really pleasantly, pleasantly surprised and really enjoyed talking to both you guys. Yeah, this yeah, is I, awesome. Thank you.
2: I really like getting into the nitty gritty about shooting and training and all the, the real stuff. Not yeah, so much... Yeah, oh, yeah, I was having kind like three,
1: three yeah. math nerds talking, talking right. math. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is tough because I wasn't math always wasn't my strong suit in school is other stuff. So I guess uh, this is you know increasing a weakness again here. So uh, we love to see it, but thanks for having no, me. No, like you're really very content, good guys. It. Thank you. All
2: right, thank you guys.
0: Awesome stuff.